Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now, with your host, Peter Miller. Let's get started with some uh, basics on terminology and provide some uh, excellent examples on uh, social enterprise, both large and small, and corporate social responsibility, what it is, how it works for both large and small organizations. So let's start with social innovation. Social innovation is all about ideas that make the world a better place by contributing to solving defined problems, whereas social enterprise can be a tool to create social innovation, but social innovation is possible without a social enterprise model. This could be ideas for a nonprofit or a charity. Example, an existing newcomer facility that starts providing legal support in immigration law. It could be ideas in a for-profit that will make a social impact. Example, the beer store in Ontario starting to recycle its body, bottles. Sorry. So let's uh, get deeper down into this in terms of looking at this. Many entrepreneurs just look initially to accumulate wealth and building a company. Today, entrepreneurs work to improve social issues and challenge real-world problems through their businesses. And it's not just about businesses. A social enterprise can be a for-profit, a non-profit, a charity, a co-op. There are many different forms in which a social enterprise can exist. So the key is that they engage in giving back to the community in which they are operating. And they do get benefits that show that they're on the right track. The leaders can tackle social issues while generating profit for shareholders. And use of ethical practices such as impact investing, conscious consumerism, and corporate social responsibility programs facilitate the success of social entrepreneurs. They knew that the social entrepreneurs use their know-how and business savvy to make the world a better place. So there are many examples, and I'm going to start with a number of large ones and then drill it down into some smaller ones. Bill Drayton, D-R-A-Y-T-O-N, is a great example of a social entrepreneur. He's the founder and chairman of an organization called Ashoka, A-S-H-O-K-A, who are innovators for the public. It dedicates itself to find and help social entrepreneurs around the world. But not only has he been involved in that, He's chairman of Community Greens, Youth Venture, 
and get America working. A second person is Muhammad, M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D, Yunus, Y-U-N-U-S. He is the uh, founder of Grameen, G-R-A-M-E-E-N, Bank, an institution that provides microcredit loans to those in need to help them develop financial self-sufficiency. And he ended up winning a Nobel Prize in 2006. A third social entrepreneur is Blake McCoskey, M-Y-C-O-S-K-I-E. He's the founder of Tom's. And what they did is he saw in Argentina there were many children who got sick or injured because they don't have shoes to wear. And his business donates a pair of shoes to needy people for every pair that it brought. So far, the company has donated more than a million pairs of shoes. And a second initiative they did is to give away a pair of glasses for every pair of sunglasses sold. A third person is Scott Harrison, and his area is accessible drinking water. He decided to make a mission to change that issue, and he's helped deliver drinking water to more than a million people in 17 countries. Jeff Hollander founded a cleaning paper and personal care products company called Seventh Generation, and it focuses on producing products that can reduce environmental impact, avoiding harsh chemicals. Also, the company donates 10% of tax, pre-tax profits to funding nonprofits and businesses focus on the community. Xavier Helgeson, Chris Fuchs, and Jeff Kurtzman. And what they did is they reuse or recycled books through sales on their website and make donations to schools. They have used 84 million volumes to raise $12.1 million for literacy funding. Company attributes its success to using a triple bottom line model, caring not only about profits, but also about the social and environmental impact of everything they do. Bunker Roy is an Indian social activist. He's helped thousands of people in Asia and Africa to learn vital technical skills and bring solar power to some remote villages. He founded the Barefoot College, an organization which specializes in teaching illiterate women from poor communities on how to become doctors, engineers, and architects. What's also impressive is 
impressive is that each of the college campuses are solar-powered and often built and designed by former students. Social entrepreneurs use business techniques and methodologies to generate profit and solve some of the world's biggest social issues. It's the area less traveled, but it's one that can lead to building of hybrid businesses with triple or quadruple bottom lines. The fourth uh, bottom line could be spiritual. So those are just some of the uh, very large ones that can really make a difference. Now, let's uh, drill down to some of the smaller social enterprises that can really make a difference. My associate and I conducted a social innovation challenge in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and we had 52 people who pitched a social innovation idea. And those ideas were done by youth, adults, seniors, and some groups that wanted to get further exposure to what they were doing. What we did is we had them pitch 60 seconds, and then they voted to narrow down the 60 or the 52 to 10 of the best. And some of the groups were combined because they had very good ideas, but they could work better together. We assigned a mentor to work with those folks, and the next day, they spent the day putting together a presentation. We brought in four judges, and the 10 social entrepreneurs pitched their ideas, and the winners were given prizes and in-kind support. So to give an example of three of the uh, participants in that first challenge, one was called uh, the raw carrot. And this was two ladies who operated out of a spiritual institution in a small community called Paris, Ontario. And they hired people on disability, on Ontario Disability Allowance. And they trained these people to make eight different soups and then to sell them into the community. And this particular venture has been so successful that they have set up two other kind of social franchise locations in other communities of faith. Another one is called the, uh, was done by a um, 
a Chinese medical doctor, and her idea was 3D printing of medical assistive devices that could be easily manufactured for cents on the dollar and then replicated in various communities all over the world. The idea was so successful that one of the products created by one of her student supporters actually went to the International Space Station. It was a clip for the fingers, and it could be printed on the space station to help the astronauts who injured their fingers and became injured. As a result, it cut down in the number of injuries, and they wore those on each of their hands. This particular item can also be printed in libraries for less than a dollar. So it's innovation that has really made the difference in helping these folks come up with the ideas that can give back to the community. The Social Innovation Challenge has been run in 30 different communities. And if you're interested in finding out what some of the winners did, you can go to socialinnovationchallenge.ca and get a brief idea of what they did. So that's, uh, that's pretty amazing stuff. Okay, so let, let's uh, drill down to some more examples. And let's start with a social supermarket. And an example of this one is called Community Shop, S-H-O-P. What they do is they create a food market that sells food to low-income communities at a discounted price. How do they do that? Some of it is donated, and some is purchased very cheaply from food suppliers and other supermarkets. Another one is called Used Textbooks for Social Change. The example is Textbooks for Change. And what they do is they partner with student groups and clubs to collect used textbooks at the end of each semester. So students donate their used textbooks. Some are resold, and some are given to schools where they don't have the, uh, the money to buy those textbooks. <coughs> Any residual profit is shared with the organization, student groups, clubs, program administration costs, with any remaining funds going to support social programs in developing countries. A third example is online socially conscious marketplace. Two examples. One is Art Zoco, A-R-T-Z-O-C-O. Second one is E-Batuta, E-B-A-T-U-T-A. 
U-T-A. And they help underserved artisans sell their products to the world by building a platform that makes it easy for them. They can either manage their online store directly or the platform can act merely as a listing service to connect with buyers. And revenue is created by charging listing fees to the artisan or via commission on goods sold or built in as a premium fee to the buyer. And profit can be used to fund social services that directly affect the artisan community, which is very cool. Another uh, important area is sustainable water. And an example is Water Health International. And what they do is they build small water purification stations in communities in developing countries using off-the-shelf products. And ongoing costs to maintain and staff the water stations come from the sale of purified water to its beneficiaries. Microlending. One of the big examples is Kiva, K-I-V-A. They create a platform for individuals and organizations to lend money directly to entrepreneurs who would otherwise not get funding. They charge a small fee to cover their operational expenses. Six, social crowdfunding. An example is called Start Some Good. And they build a platform for social entrepreneurs to find groups of funders. Seven, baking, cooking for social cause. Example, Edgar and Joe's. So you can open a bakery or a restaurant or another food providing establishment that focuses on building employment skills for unemployed groups. Eight, efficient wood stoves for the developing world. Example, Bio, B-I-O, light, L-I-T-E. Millions of women in developing countries suffer from cardiopulmonary diseases as a direct result of breathing in wood smoke on a daily basis. But this organization built an efficient stove to those who can't afford it. And they used the money from the sale of the stoves to subsidize the cost for those who cannot afford it. Innovative information product. Example, information blanket. They create a baby blanket with information about how to take care of a baby, such as when to immunize, how a big baby should be at a specific age, and how often to feed the baby. And this is what makes social innovation and social enterprise so exciting. And there are many, many examples. And this is what is both challenging and fun at the same time 
to make this kind of thing happen. So how are they, does this take place? Well, you don't just build the venture. You build the people to help you build a social enterprise. So start with a core team of three or four people to find a problem that you want to address, evaluate and brainstorm possible solutions to that kind of problem, who is impacted, and how many are impacted. The third step in that process is to validate that your solution meets the needs of those that are impacted and determine who will pay and their options in terms of payment. One, the client or the customer can pay for the solution. The Client or customer can be partially subsidized. In other words, they contribute something, and then somebody else provides the balance of the cost to pay for that solution. And the third option is that the product or service solution is fully covered in terms of payment. So if you are considering looking at starting a social enterprise or having your organization be a participant in terms of corporate social responsibility, I recommend that you take a look at a book such as The Kid the Give Back Economy, which is available uh, at Self Council Press for about $20. Do a great amount of research on the internet that is free. And then with your group of, say, three people, sit down and work through the three-step process of problem solution and validation and then uh, move forward towards implementing that. Now you may want to look at developing your participants in that activity and add to what they're doing. Another aspect that I would really recommend that you do is to consider setting up one or more volunteer advisory boards. And what that means is that you define what business advisory boards you need to make your organization happen. So to explain that a little more, it's easier to give you an example. My last business was an online simulation program 
for high school, college, and university students in various countries. And it was just run by two of us. My associate partner was the technology person, and I was the business person. So I told him one day that we needed three volunteer advisory boards who we could meet online once a month for 30 to 45 minutes. So we started with five students, five professors, and five business people. And we had one agenda item only. And we would conduct those meetings through Skype. Could now do it on uh, Google Hangout or Zoom or other technology tool that would help. And the benefit was for us is that we got free advice. We got sales leads and referrals. And we had credibility because we posted their names and their organizations on our website. The benefits for the advisors were that they received a place on our website for their contact information. So it was kind of like a free ad. They also got networking with the other advisors so they got sales, leads, and referrals. For those who were employees, we sent a letter to their boss saying what a great advisor and how much they'd helped them. So for those people, they were able to put that letter in their portfolio, make reference on their resume, and their letter actually went in their personnel file, which recognized their contribution. For the business owner, we would send them a reference that could go on their website because we were recognizing that they were giving back to the community. So each of the meetings, we would take the minutes we would send the minutes out to the participants and ask if they had any further ideas that could help them as they move forward. And we got great feedback and great participation, and it made a huge difference in many of the decisions that we made. So I want to wrap this up and just say that today we've looked a little bit about some terminology, social innovation, social enterprise, corporate social responsibility. We've taken a look at a few examples of social enterprises, both large and small. And we've looked at a volunteer advisory board approach, which could help you build your organization and make a difference. Talk briefly about the Give Back Economy book. And hopefully this has given you some insight into any questions that you might have.
If you want more information by email, my address is peter at communityinnovationhub.org. In the subject area, just refer to podcast. Thanks for spending your time with us today, and we look forward to the next time that we will be meeting with you.